Welcome to Bethel World Outreach Church. Our values are devotion, diversity, and discipleship. Devotion through honoring God by trusting His Word, praying, and worshiping together. Diversity by embracing God's heart for every nation. And discipleship by helping others follow Jesus. So join us as we're reaching a city to touch the world. Praise God. All of you in here, I'm, I'm grateful. There is an anointing here for healing and breakthrough. And even if you don't feel that you've received your breakthrough now, we, after the service, we will lay hands on you and watch God continue to do the work that he's already done because he's already promised. The word's already gone forth. So you just have to stand in your healing, stand in your deliverance. I don't believe that something comes, comes uh, from this place by accident. You are watching online right where you're sitting the tangible presence of God, you can begin to enjoy God. And I pray that you would worship God without distraction, that you would just let all of this worldliness fall off of you and you can just lean in to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, to the God who heals, restores, and delivers. He wants to do something for you right now. Hallelujah. My God, my God, I just love him. Give him one more hand clap of praise before we just get into the word. Okay. Thank you. Uh, can we thank God for the band and the worship team? Awesome job. Uh, happy all of you are here. The power went out last service. I preached in the dark. The whole thing. It was funny to me that the power went out and the first word of my message was, we all feel powerless. And what happens is in this world, when you have a pandemic, you can't control what can open, what closes, where you can go and not go. And it makes you feel ethnic groups can't get together. You don't know who feels what, when, where, and it just makes you feel you got everybody trying to pile up on the left and you don't know where you stand. It makes you feel you got everybody piling up on the right and you don't know where you stand. It makes you feel you start thinking that you live on a planet with a bunch of people with free will who are Americans who amplify their free will. Nobody's going to listen to anybody anytime and it makes you interact with others and you feel don't you get tired of that? And especially when you're around someone who is abusive or abrasive or they take advantage of you and it seems to be there's no voices in their life that really have enough power to make them stop tormenting you. Have you ever been in those situations where somebody is irritating you to the high heavens, doing nagging, irritating, uh, purposeful, vengeful stuff, and somebody actually catches them doing it? Have you ever gotten excited when your adversary's been caught doing the very thing you just, that's what they do? It's suffocating feeling to feel like you're powerless 
Because when you're powerless, you no longer win. You lose. And if you lose, you are a, a what? Ever feel like a loser? Okay, praise God. Hallelujah, you shouldn't. But the reality is most of society statistically right now feels more like they're losing than they're winning. And just like the lights went out, the power is source is out. And you live life through a thread of hope versus a confident power source. Sick of that feeling. Don't know what to do with it. Well, it's what I want to talk to you about today. It's not a new dynamic, uh, and it doesn't come, uh, the answer to it is not new. In fact, Jesus knew that we would actually encounter this type of emotion and this type of feeling throughout the world and society, and he gave us some things in his word that if we could recognize them, we could transition from that powerless state to another. And let's look at Matthew 18 and verse 18. And we're just going to read just the 18th verse and see if we can begin to get some clarity of what to do with this problem. Uh, I'm going to, on three, I'm going to say, ready? And you read it. One, two, three, ready? Read. He says, truly, I say to you, he's not saying, thus saith the Lord to you. This is what prophets say. He's not saying, uh, this is what is written. This was what apostles say. Jesus is saying, truly, I say this to you. And another translation of this word is amen. You can take this to the bank. He said, when he's using this word truly, he wants you to know this is immutable, unchangeable, undeniable. It is so factual that you can count on it because the stamp on it is me. I say to you, whatever you bind, that you tie down, that you hold down, that you restrict on earth, is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Another translation says it better when you look at the original language. He said, whatever's already been bound in heaven is already bound on earth. Whatever's been loosed in heaven is already been loosed on earth. He's trying to get the tenets of the Lord's prayer in you. Let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's always trying to get heaven and earth to meet. There's a misnomer about man's ultimate destination. We begin to look sometimes at heaven as our ultimate destination. And it's a cool cartoony type thought, but that's not reality. Heaven is a seat of power, but heaven and earth, just like in the Garden of Eden, there was a spot in the garden where heaven and earth met. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. This is your destination where where God's house, your all is one. 
So we're not trying to get to the sweet by and by. We're trying to get where God's word, his will, and his way prevails over everything else. What's ever bound in heaven? So what power do you have? You have power to win over every sin and every situation when you take heaven's narrative over your own. You're not looking for power. You have power. You've got power to think right, talk right, act right. You have promises. You have provision. You have protection because heaven has given it to you. Do you walk in it? I know the world is telling you they don't know when the stock market will change, but you have power over all the resources that you need. I know it's telling you that you don't know when the racial tensions are going to end and the enemy would like you to believe that you're going to have to tiptoe with everybody you ever see and you're going to make a mistake and somebody's going to get mad. You have power over the divisive spirit that has hit these United States and this world. It's a spirit. Do you actually believe that heaven has power over the demonic and over hell? And when you believe it, and you act in it, and you walk in it, you have power. Do you actually believe when you're at your weakest that God is made strong on the inside of you? Do you actually believe that God has given you all things that pertain unto life and godliness? Well, is he, if he has, then you have it. See, you might be thinking, where did this verse 18 come from? It became from a context where the disciples were in an argument starting the 18th chapter about who was the greatest in the kingdom of God. This is the problem. You see, as human beings, we don't want anybody else to exercise power over us. And if somebody's going to do the exercise in the power, we want it to be us. Who's the greatest? Now, I'm comfortable with kind of acting like you're the greatest, but in the end, I'm going to always be angling to be the greatest because I don't want to be left out. In this world, there's a power struggle. In this world, there's always this thought or this attitude that I want to be the greatest. And then Jesus gives them an object lesson and he takes a little child, like little BJ over there, and he sits him in his lap and he said, except all of you, who he said, except all of you believe and come to me as one of these little child children, this is how you get in the kingdom of God. You got to have a child's heart. He said, every child is what? They're led, they're fed, they're protected, they're directed. And yet he's saying this position is one of power. But if we really use common sense, that looks like a lack of power. Child has the lowest level of power. And he's saying in the kingdom, you have power. Because your power in the kingdom, what, what he, here, see what he's doing. First of all, what he's doing, online audience, what he's doing is he's flattening out everybody and he's equalizing and normalizing. He's making it where there's no big eyes and little U's. He's making it where everyone has access to the same promises for the same Bible and the same God. And he's saying we might have different functions in the body, but we're all equal within the body. And so he's, he, he's, he's flattening it out. He said, you got to come like a child. He, 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 call, he goes on to call you children and he calls, calls on, going on, goes on to call you sheep. He's equalizing the playing field 
But yet the enemy keeps whispering to us that we don't have power. And God says, even when you take the most vulnerable position in this world of a child or the weak position of a sheep, he said, I'm telling you, you have the most profound power with me that whatever you bind on earth is already bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is already loose in heaven. So it doesn't matter if the world is making you feel frightened and like you want to go back into a shell and you want to just close off from the world because you feel like you don't have power to change anything. You have all power over the power of the enemy. You have power in the culture. You have power in your church, power in your home, power in relationships, power with your roommate, power with your boss, problem with your circumstances and situations. You have power. And the attempt of the enemy is to get you to define yourself in a way that God has not defined you. You have power over sin. Well, I, could, I had the can't help it. You could have helped it. <laughs> you could have helped it. Y'all know I had an eating problem. Love Krispy Kreme. Still do. I drive by the hot sign just to look at it. I was on vacation in Orlando with my, my friends, and I went to the Krispy Kreme, got a two dozen donuts. I wasn't supposed to eat them. Opened up the box, looked at it hard, and called my sponsor. That's what I did. Called another person. And that's a good segue to my point, too. It's not just that you have power. What if I told you that God was trying to give you a superpower, but the superpower came through partnership with another person? But this is where it breaks down. Because I want to be independent in my power. I want to get it myself. I don't want to lean on nobody else. I don't want to need nobody else. Read verse 19. One, two, ready, read. He said, again, I say to you, if you agree or symphonize or harmonize over anything. Before he says, you gotta get in accord with heaven so you can bind and lose. Now he's saying, hey, what you imagine you can do. You, you don't have to, you, you individually are limited, but man, when you get together with another person, I'm taking the limits off. When human beings realize that I made them in my image and I made them creative and powerful, then not just commune with me, but commune with one another, and you actually going to access that, whoo, you got power. What happened at the Tower of Babel? This principle, even the devil knows. This principle, human beings know at the Tower of Babel, and I think it was uh, Genesis 5 or 6, it was 5. Genesis 5, they went to build a tower, and God, this is what God said about them who were working the principle of unity together. They have one mind and one voice, and they were building a tower. And what he said to them is, he said, you know what? Nothing that they imagine to do will be withheld from them because they are one people. He said, let's go down and change that because they have their mind of what they want to do. They don't have mine. But they recognize the principle of getting in unity with other people can move your platform forward even if it's evil. But now he says, if any two of you agree on earth 
asking anything, it will be done by my Father in heaven. He said, but when you have power with me as a believer, as a Christian, as a sheep, as a child, when you're at the least position, when you have power with me and you team up with another human being, two or three of them, you have superpower that that which you imagine, that which you came up with, with your free will, gets out of the gate and just starts exploding and going forward. So if the enemy knows that if you unify with other human beings, that you'll have supernatural strength, he doesn't want you to do it. This is the power of a sports team. A sports team can have a bunch of sorry players on it. But all those sorry players lack athleticism, lack talent and everything. But they got one thing that they will live for each other. They will play for each other. They will play to the whistle. They will go as hard as humanly possible and they won't back down. They're no longer the underdogs. They are the giants. Versus people who lean on individual talents and individual strength. Those teams don't make it. don't, don't get me wrong, but this, let me give a basketball analogy because it's basketball season. And I know all the people in here don't know about basketball, but James Harden is the best one-on-one player maybe who have ever lived. And he's been the scoring champion for the last uh, three, three years. And he just got knocked out because he's a great individual player. But he was beat by a team because when a team is unified, it's pretty powerful. So... The enemy's got to keep you in isolation from your roommate. I know you may not be married, but your roommate is like a spouse sometimes. Got to keep you mad at them. Got to keep you mad. They just won't pick their shoe up. They won't wash their dish. They don't contribute. They don't pay on time. Got to keep you mad at them. Okay? Don't even know why I have a roommate. Yes, you can't afford to live there without one. That's why you have a roommate. But the devil gets you thinking crazy stuff. I could do it on my own. No, you can't. You need to stay where you at. Deal with that. But because we don't like conflict, we'd rather suffer. Now, remember, the first part of this verse says, again, I say to you. So when did he say it the first time? The verses ahead or above said that he says, when this, this, this knowing your power is so important that he says, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Many times we would rather go tell our girlfriend or our friend about the offense somebody else has created in us rather than go talk to the person in the body of Christ who's frustrated you. Are you that person? Got a lot to say after you leave the person who's frustrated you's presence? You got, oh, you got a lot to say. I mean, you're just full of courage. But when you're in their presence, just a mouthful of swallowing, well, how you doing? You look so nice. But you don't really feel that. You have conflict, and that conflict is causing your heart to be divided. But you need to go and talk to them. You're going to have to talk to people. I know 
the pandemic has given you the freedom to type to people. I, be t- I type to people. But they can't see your nonverbal communication. In fact, I can get a text and read it the wrong way quick. What they mean? Go talk to somebody. You've got an alt. You don't like what they said. If you're in a, in a church that's like ours, a multi-ethnic, and you hear somebody use a, a, a slang or, or, or a word that's improper, but you only point the finger at them, but you don't go to them and try to work that out, you're not helping. You're not tapping into your superpower because it's a person. It's easy for you and Christ to go along and you just do heaven's assignment by yourself, but that's not the whole assignment. He's got to divide you. He said, if he won't listen to you, he said, if he listens to you, gain the brother. Why is that? Why would he call it gain? He's saying you basically increased. Your life got better because now you and your brother are in harmony with one another and you can access the power to get anything and everything you need. Y'all hearing me online? Anything. Anything. Now, either this Bible is a lie or it's the truth. And if it's the truth, why don't you test God out on it? Clean up your house. You've been mad at your mama and your parents for 20 years. You got to get over that. 20 years mad. My mama made me repeat a grade. I stayed mad at her for five years. Because I started school when I was four and she made me do the, the, the first grade over. That was wrong, mama. I spent my whole life trying to catch up. <laughs> and then you hold it over their head. And then when I talked to her, she's, and then she just explained, she said, you started school early. You didn't get some of the basic lessons. All your grades was bad. Baby, I helped you. Yeah, that's true, mama. I did make it. You see, you got to be reconciled. It's 16, but what if they don't hear you? Verse 16. But if, but if he doesn't listen, verse 16, but if he doesn't listen, take one or two along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. You need people. You need a, a round table. I have my best friends here, Chris and Cena and their family. You, you know if you're married, you don't agree all the time. So what do you do? You better get you a two or three where somebody can say, yeah, you was wrong, J-Lo. I was. I wasn't wrong. Yeah, you was. And you actually give them authority in your life to restore your superpower. But I don't live life with anybody. The pandemic has taught me that I can make it on my own with my stimulus check. I got the stimulus I can make it. No, you can't. Listen, and then he says, watch this part. You know, like the verse 17 says, but if he still refuses, verse 17. If he refuses to listen to them, sell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to the church, let them be to you as a Gentile or tax collector. What is he saying here? He's saying your unity, your power 
over sin that comes from being together. Your superpower, your superpower over powerless living involves people. It's so important that if you can't work it out one-on-one and you can't work it out one-on-one with three, then you got to come to the whole church. Notice he's not saying the pastor. Don't read into the text. He's not saying the elders. He's not saying the chief leaders because I told you at the beginning he's flattening you out. We're all sheep. We're all in this together. We're all like children. He's just saying this is so important that I don't care who you got to get. Just ask them for a little mic time so you can say, you know what? James is calling everybody in the church bald head. We didn't ask him to stop, but he keeps on doing it. We want the whole church to work together to bring him back into unity so we can access our superpower. This is what this scripture is saying. It's not trying to uh, get you to get a meeting with the pastor so you can resolve it. It's trying to say, get the biggest group of believers that you can get together and get this in order. He said, but if he refused you again, now you, you, you may have missed what I'm about to say in the scripture here. I'm going to say it without emotion. You may have missed it. He said, treat him like a Gentile or a tax collector. I know that that means to you in the Jewish culture, that meant they hated those people. They didn't want nothing to do with them. For you is to treat them like they are so broken that they are so completely lost that they need the most amount of your love and patience to be recovered into the superpower. Now, you know, that's a good place for, hey, I'm going to make you say amen on that. I'm going to make you just say amen out your own mouth. Just say amen, 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 amen. This is not saying, well, I know I don't have to have nothing to do with them now. I don't want nothing to do with the Black Lives Matter people. Oh, the, 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 the supremacy. I'm not, I'm, I'm, see, you know, we, go, we, we start getting into that. What difference does it make? Believers on all sides. I'm sorry to tell you, it's believers on every side. And God say, you got to meet, you got to hang out with all of them. You're crazy family and you're not crazy. You got to hang out with everybody. And treat them with kindness. The Bible says this is so important. If you see your brother, uh, uh, this is Galatians 6. If you see your brother overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted also. In other words, this is so important to us. This is so important that you go to people in the gentlest way and say, hey, I just want you to know that what, what Christ has said. But you're not getting mad or, or inflamed when they don't see it. You're just saying, hey, I'll work with you. I had a, a, or you're saying you will take down. I had a member call me in the church, heard something I said in a message, was really, was really, uh, didn't like something that I said. And I, I said, okay, I see, I know this principle about the superpower. I said, you're important. You, we're on the, I'm not hiring. So I, I, I listened to him. I actually prayed about it. I said, and you know what God said? He said, y'all both right. I said, we are? He said, well, what you going to do? He said, but y'all, but y'all not reconciled. So it's not enough. So I went to him and said, man, the Lord said we're both right, but we got to be reconciled. So Paul said, I know there's nothing wrong with eating meat, but because it offends you, I'll never eat it. 
That's called the law of love. Because this superpower you have by being in a relationship with people is not based on this is the person that's extremely right and this is the person that's wrong. It's just a, this is the law of love. It says, I'm not going to be separated from you for no reason. No matter what. Church, that's real power. That's not what the world offers. That's what Jesus Christ and him alone, that's what he offers. He offers real problems and with real solutions. Him. So let's just close this out. Verse 20. Verse 20 gives us the, our nice little bow on this. For where two or three that have individual power to bind and loose in heaven are gathered together, they also have power to win and a superpower because they're together in human relationships. And they stay in my name. They remember that they are representatives of me. And that my name means something. He said, I put my name above my word. He said, he said then I'm there in the middle of it. He said, well, two or three got together in my name. I'm there in the middle of it. But the context is a church that's not afraid of conflict. It's not afraid to disagree. It's not afraid to call sin, sin. It's not afraid to confront one another in love. It's not afraid to do it. It, it, We bring each other up like that. He said, there I am, I'm in the middle of that. When you wanna stay connected with one another, I, I, I come and involve myself. So when you say, uh, I'm not a, I know that you a Democrat and I'm a Republican, but we've got to find what God's assignment is for us together. God said, oh, I'm in that. I know you're on the far left and I'm on the far right. I know you're stuck on abortion issues and I'm stuck on jo- social justice issues. But in Christ, we need to be stuck on his issues. Yeah. Oh, come on now, church. This is the real stuff. He said, I get in the middle of that. And when he's in the middle, that which was irreconcilable reconciles. He said, I'm in the middle of it. You want to get, don't limit this scripture to the cliche of, you know, where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst. Like that you got him to show up because, no, 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 no. That's not what he's saying. It wasn't you saying I'm two or three are coming to corporate worship because he says, lo, I'm with you always. You can come one and he's going to show up. He, he never leaves you or forsake you. So this is not the point he's making. He's saying when you want to actually deal with conflict and, you, and when you're on opposite sides and y'all are polarizing without power and you're going to try, you're going to really work that out and get, and say, I'm, I'm in that party. I'm joining that. Notice how he's joining it. We sometimes think about God uh, and fail to understand how much independence he's given us as humans to grab his principles, and he enjoys seeing us work them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, you stand on your feet as I tell you this last story. I love this. You know, or well, the last two little thoughts. Ananias, y'all remember the story of Ananias and Sapphira? The early church, the first church, was all right with dealing with conflict. 
they will confront you when you walk. They did all Ananias and Fasabar did. They walked in and they said, did you lie to the Holy Ghost? They said, yes, they dropped dead. They got judged right there. That was it. That's the start of the church. There's this ideal that church is here first for the unbeliever. And so we want to present to the unbeliever, it's all we skip, we dance, we ice cream, we wave. But we don't want you to think we want to deal with your sin. No, no, sooner or later we'll deal with that. Not now, just get in here, enjoy the music. No, the early church wasn't like that. Let me show you this. Ooh, ooh, let me show you this. We're we going home, but you can, you're going to love this. In Acts 5, after Ananias and Sapphira dropped dead because they wanted to live in sin, here's what verse 13 says. This is amazing. Verse 13 says, none of the rest dared join them, but they held them in high esteem. The world said, okay, we don't want to go to their church. You're not supposed to be yoked up with everybody. This is an exclusive place for Christians and those who want to know Christ. It's for Christians and those who want to know Christ. So it's not saying we don't want unbelievers to come and hear the good news. It's just saying we've got to do, live by the tenets of the faith. He says, they, but guess what he says? But the world held them in high esteem. The church right now is held in ambiguity, lack of clarity. Well, what's the church about? Where is the church at? What they stand for? We don't know what they stand for because we picking up a world narrative. We picking up, I'm on this side and that side. We trying to check the parking lot for who got what bumper sticker. If you see a bunch of different bumper stickers in our parking lot, say the kingdom of God works. Don't say, well, I don't be going there. They, got, they, 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 had, they had some bumper stickers for people I didn't like. Hey, look. If you really think about it hard enough, 100% of us don't like everybody the same. 100%. You got to get over that. That is just life. But God wants us to function together. Now look at verse 14 of that. Just hear me. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord multitudes of both men and women. You mean to tell me when the church is unified, working in a superpower, living in holiness, and not trying to placate to the world and act like the world and bring the world into the church. Do you mean to tell me that that's the thing that God multiplies? That's when it grows? Men, women, young, old, everybody starts working together. Get this picture in your mind as you close. The what if. What if our church was like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego that when the world was going crazy and making laws that affected them deeply they decided to have civil disobedience which was righteous and they decided to stay together as a small group of believers like you should 
And even when the tension got so hot that the king said, heat the furnace seven times hotter than it's ever been and throw these impenitent, rebellious uh, people in it. They didn't start saying, you know, this was Shadrach's idea. You know, Shadrach, you need to go and get all burned up, brother. Get, he, he already look a little tan. He, 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 he's there for the crispiness. They didn't divide. They said, we're going in the fire. They didn't even, they didn't even like complain. You know, if I was going on the fire, I'd be saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's talk about it. So I don't want to deny my faith, but but how close do I need to get for you to be comfortable? What are we sacrificing? These men drawing on their superpower from one another because you can do anything when you get together. There was no scripture that said defy the king. There was no word that said stand against them. This is their decision. And they're working a principle. And they work this principle until they're at the biggest moment. They're in the fire. And the king makes a statement. Then we just put three people in there. I thought we just put three in. It was just three, right? Because I see four people. And one of them looked like the son of God. Because he said, well, two or three are gathered in my name. I'm right there in the middle because he gives you power. And then the king made a decree that said the only God you can serve was their God. You as a Christian are not in a weak position. You are not powerless. You are not helpless. You are not lifeless. You are not on the left or the right. You are standing on solid ground because you are standing with Jesus Christ. You've got heaven. You've got your men on earth to stand with and nothing, nothing is impossible with God or your brothers and sisters. Yeah. Don't you get it? All of this is an attack. The, every pandemic is an attack. And it's meant to divide. Everything about the pandemic stays six feet apart. Because you can't access your superpower. Defeat that. Start telling people, my heart is linked with your heart. The Bible says, be of one mind, symphonize, harmonize. We together on this. Go win the loss. So ladies, this is my final announcement. Women's Bible study, fall Bible study start tomorrow. Come, come as ladies. We need y'all intercession. We need our moms. We need the sisters. We need the singles. We need, we need all of y'all. Men, you don't know how to live pure. It's okay. You don't know how to be successful. It's okay. We've got a men's ministry. Get involved. Let me pray for you. I feel the presence of the Lord for you who are watching online. I feel especially right now that God is reaching you where you're at on your couch. And I see a few of you in your car. 
you might feeling like you're estranged from this moment, but I'm telling you, my heart is linked with yours. Whether you're in this room or you're online or in the lower venue, I'm going to use the principle that God showed us. That if we link together, I have no art against you. I release every person from everything they've done to me. I have no art with nobody. Wherever you're at in here or wherever you're at online, just start releasing people in your mind. I know they didn't apologize yet. Release them. Because you know something greater is at stake, your superpower. Release them. Don't fake release them. Release them. Charge it off on God. Charge it off on the gospel. Let it be covered by the blood. Yes, I can sense in the spirit he's restoring what the canker worm and the palmer worm is eating. He's restoring you. Your, your prosperity is being restored in the name of Jesus. God is just restoring you. Lord, I declare over this body of believers, we are one. We are one. And I bind because he's already bound the spirit of division that will try to come to our house. I bind the spirit of confusion, misunderstanding and frustration, isolation, loneliness. I bind all those spirits. I loose a harmonious, joyful, loving, camaraderie spirit in this house amongst these believers like we have never known. God, our connectivity and our purity toward one another and, and love toward one another is just permeates every part of us. Not thank you, Lord, that the same thing happens in our city. If we are a church of holiness and as we live holy, you're going to cause the multitudes to come. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you give God praise? Online, I love you. I love you here.